Hello there, welcome to the latest Funny Looking Podcast, a podcast telling you about funny things coming up. My name's Pete Jones and I'm here with my friend Gav. Hello, Gav. Hello, it's Gav Cross. Today we are recording via the magical world of Skype. It's the feature. Welcome. And this is our third in our series, specially dedicated to the Liverpool Comedy Festival, running from September the 18th to the 4th of October in the wonderful city of Liverpool. The thinking man's Manchester. No, no, you did. I I cut you off there because you sound a little bit cynical, right? All right. (laughs) Now, Manchester, to be fair, is on the bounce. Okay, last 20 years or so. But Liverpool's on the bounce too. We just had a beautiful weekend. Great big musical festival. It's a lovely place. It is a wonderful place. And it's got a wonderful comedy festival coming up, which funny looking is a big part of, Gav. Tell them what's coming up. I tell you what, though, if you get hold of the Liverpool Comedy Festival brochure, we're all over that, mate. We're all over that. Because we have two very special live, funny-looking shows coming to the festival. We've got two funny-looking live shows. And we've got to sell tickets. We've got to sell. I mean, it's only a bloody fiver. Funny-looking live is going to be a combination of chatting to comics. Comics are going to be there. They're going to going to come and do five minutes we're going to have we're going to quiz them we're going to hold them down we're going to really really drill into them i mean literally i'm taking a hand drill uh we're going to have skype in we're going to have uh, we're going to use periscope it's going to be live on spreaker and it's that's just a fiver it's going to be music pete it's going to be music this show this show i've got no idea when it's going to finish it's going to it's going to finish with booze and dancing that is my aim booze and dancing uh, when are they? So that's the 19th and the 26th of September at 81 Renshaw Street. It's a multimedia extravaganza of comedy, live music, stupidity on social media. It's going to be showing of off booze. lots of booze, uh, lots of laughs, lots of comics. It's only a fiver. Do come along because uh, it'll be lovely to see you there. And if you can't come along, you can get involved. Go to Funny Looking Podcast on uh, Facebook. There's a couple of groups in there that will remind you when it's coming up because you can listen to the second half live from your own living room. I mean, what else do you do on a Saturday night? What else do you do? Put the box set aside for 45 minutes. But not only that, Pete, if you go to the Liverpool Comedy Festival brochure, there is actually half a page dedicated to Funny Looking Live, which is every Sunday night. Just me, me and my own. You don't even... You don't even listen anymore, Pete, do you? To be fair to me, I've got very into Country File since you started doing that. It starts Sunday. after Country File. Just as Country File finishes, I start. Funny looking live on Spreaker at nine o'clock. We have um, regular call-ins from across the world. This is an international podcast over there. Now, both of these need your support. Uh, come along, come and listen, uh, sign up. And the biggest thing you can do, if you do enjoy this nonsense, is go to iTunes and review Funny Looking Podcast, not Funny Looking Live. Every podcast asks you to do this because it does help us. Will you do it? Will you do it? Have you done it? Have you done it, Pete? Well, I'm a disgusting cynic, Gav, as you well know, because um, trying is embarrassing to my generation. Um, No, I think that's just in your postcode. M21 represent. But what I would say is Gav is very, very, very right about this. 
that leaving a review does have a disgusting amount of impact. And uh, we'd really appreciate it. And I'm going to certainly register 20 new email addresses. Just start spamming it. So get involved. Last week, we had uh, a chat with festival director Sam Avery and um, a really interesting chat, not that chatting with Sam wasn't interesting, with Kate Smurthwaite, both of them performing in the Liverpool Comedy Festival. This week, we've got two more. Two more. Firstly, Liam Pickford, who, when we were talking about him off mic, we do talk off mic, it doesn't sound like we're friends, but we are. Um... He's just this wonderful comedian who makes me feel really ill at ease when I see him live. <laughs> He's disgustingly funny in a many, many, many ways. Um, what and... I love is that spontaneity. Now, this is um, Liam's debut hour coming up uh, at a Liverpool Comedy Festival. But having seen him a few times live, there's, you know, he's got beautiful material. Uh, but he, he just he lives in the moment. And that's what I find exciting. When I go to a gig, I want to be in the moment with that comedian, with that artist, with that performer. And whatever's happening, I've never seen anyone um, for a long time. And I will say, and I was lucky enough to see uh, Johnny Vegas, who Liam has been compared to. I'm not sure if that's his doing that himself, but, you know, good on him because he should. I've not seen someone in a long time since Johnny Vegas in Alexander's in the mid to late 90s. Just whatever was going on in the room, this butterfly brain just would be bouncing around. And uh, he's a very, very exciting performer. And uh, and I really enjoyed this chat. I asked you off again off mic if it was self-indulgent on my behalf. We'll, we'll, we'll put that to the test, shall we? Shall we, Pete? I do it loads. It's good. I mean, people say it's cathartic, but I enjoy it too much. I enjoy it too much. I'm doing it now oh, in my trousers. So. Everyone loves a good trouser cry. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Please, please don't jump off of the balcony you're standing on. I've not. I've gone into my room okay. now. Okay. One sec. Where are we? The door's very squeaky, as you can probably hear. There we go. Right. <coughs> Here we are. We've been nattering to uh, Liam Pickford. I, I am in Liverpool, and you are in the... Everywhere's the Venice of the somewhere or whatever. You're in the Edinburgh um, of the North. I'm in Stockton, which is oh, yeah. the Edinburgh of the North. <laughs> you've, the been, you've been there all week, have you? Oh, no, St- I've been in Stockton for two days. I was in, up in Edinburgh the week before. Uh, and I come back Tuesday. And somebody, I mean, it's late because somebody uh, jumps on a train line, which, you know, fair play. Yeah. So I was home a lot later. But I, yeah, my mum needed some light bulbs well, it's, it's, changing. That's what you do, isn't it? It's all go. It's fame, mate. Well, it, 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 I mean, you must be, you know, it must feel like it now after, uh, after. After failing to win. After, you know, gloriously failing to win. And win, who needs winners? And what's that going to do for your career by winning? Well, it's a £1,000 better oh. off. Oh, shit. And like, I wouldn't have to keep Trevor Wonga ring or yeah. putting on a ridiculous Russian accent. But Okay. So, you know, never but mind. It, it would have been better, but you you were uh, you know the named runner up for the is it the student national student comedy award. Short of student comedy award, two thousand and fifteen, sponsored by Alcatel. 
the best phone for phoning ever. Did you get a I'm phone? I'm contractually obliged to say that. Did they give you a phone? No, did they give me fuck all? I got, what did I get? I got 250 quid and uh, two pints, which was nice. Yeah. But no, I had a great time. It was awesome. It was Good. a great gig. Good. And that's, oh. and that's um, because th- there's a couple of, uh, here's, here's the thing, Liam, this is, this oh, is going to come across as a criticism, and I don't mean it to. If you Google, if you do the old YouTube with you and the Student Comedy Award, you've done a couple of them, haven't you? I've done one. I did one when I was 2012, when I was 22. There you go. And I'm 26 now, so it was like, that was when I was doing my first degree. And uh, then spent two years on the dole. Right. And now this, I've just finished a PGCA, which I will now not get a teaching job for because if you Google it, you'll see me telling someone's fuck off and they're calling him a prick. <laughs> and the mothers in Middle England get quite antsy about that sort of uh, yeah, yeah, but choice vocabulary. Yeah, but there's plenty of places that will embrace that with open arms. I mean, I've got PGCE, and then yeah, I can always just walk in, walk in and walk out of a. You know, uh, you, you you're armed as a comedian. You're armed to be a supply teacher. I mean, they're miserable days of of horror, but, but they get mm-hmm. you get paid at the end of them. I am often armed, good, but just in general. So I've got that to fall back on. I've always got the gun. Yeah, is basically so. Well, it's good. To, I mean, I'm, it's good to have something to to lean on. I'm leaning on the gun as we speak. We'll move away from the gun and the balcony. I'm away from the balcony now. This is okay. This I'm, is in my, I'm in a, my room. A litany of potential. But if you're going to do this, please don't hang up. Right. Okay. But like, if I do jump, or you hear like a single gunshot ring out. Yeah. Right. I put the phone down. If you don't hear any sort of whimpering. Yeah. I I would cut it short because. I don't want it to be like, you know, filming an alligator in its death roll. No, 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 it's fine. I mean, I, it, what, I, what I will do, though, is I'll put the podcast out quite quickly, but I, w- I will call the authorities before I edit. That would be good, yeah. I, and you can, if you want, you have my blessing to call it the Liam Pickford Memorial okay. podcast because it's what he would have wanted. Yeah. So, you know, that's, with, with, if this is my legacy, then... It's what? been a, a sad life. What a fucking <laughs> atrocious end. <laughs> At least you're close he to your mum. He died doing what he did best. <laughs> talking nonsense for no money. <laughs> <laughs> right, talking about talking nonsense for no money. Uh-huh. Uh, Liam Pickford, colon, Seaside Cock Novelties. The 25th yeah. of September, 81 Renshaw Street. That's the cunt. Nine o'clock. That's- Nine o'clock, fun time. Yeah, that's my that's my debut solo show, um, and it's gonna be great. I don't. It's like it's a fifty seat room, I believe. You you live it in is. Liverpool, don't you? Yeah, I know. I'm I'm doing two gigs in the venue myself. Are you? Yeah. Well, if you get more people than me, it'd be bad if they come to listen to you talk about my show. Yeah. Rather than come and actually watch my show. <laughs> well, I'll be there. That, you'll be there. Oh, brilliant! I'll I be don't there. know. But like it's it's I'm quite pleased with what it is. There's a bit that I want which I don't think will happen because it's in a garage. Yeah, it used to be a garage. Yeah. So what I wanted was like halfway through for a car to drive in. 
Yes. And yes. just part there and the person get out and say nothing and leave it. But we're talking to him about it and there's some... There are, would uh, be some logistical and potential... Knowing the room, which is, which is a lovely room for comedy. I've it's got, great, I've, yeah. It's, it's a great room. I think there'll be... If we can get over the potential for, for death, then I think it's a beautiful well, idea. But I'm quite excited about it. Not not mowing everyone down in the name of art, but um, the, the actual the actual show Good. itself. I'm quite excited about. What what was it they thought? You, it's like now's the time to take a bite of the hour cherry. Uh, vanity. Yeah, I suppose. And thinking probably mistakenly that I could I could someone wouldn't hear me ramble on for an hour. But, um. Slightly less than an hour. I think probably fifty-five. So, like, if you are feeling cheated by that point, then you know you you can't complain. You've had well, less cheated out of you than you could have done. You could always point them to this, and then they'll get like it's eight minutes on top of that fifty-five, and they'll be getting over the hour. Then that's true. I, I could just play it that top five podcasts <laughs> that I've ever done. I wanted to do a slideshow with my top ten Edinburgh slideshows. Yeah. But um that had been too niche and it's quite um quite existential, isn't it? It is kind, kind of kind of meta, kind of weird. It is one kind of those of alternative fold in to itself. We laugh because we laugh at and again it's that horror it's that T word, isn't it? We're we're laughing at the tropes of comedy. Which always yeah, which always makes it, me think, well, if it's funny, it's not a trope. It's just a funny thing. You fat dad's a trope. That's what I'd say to them. <laughs> <laughs> you mum sucks trope. In hell. In hell. <laughs> That's worse. Now that you've actually contextualised it, yeah. it's become even worse. Imagine if someone they'd feel really stupid, wouldn't they? Well, no, you what, said that to him. The potentially though that somewhere, maybe in some Aramaic trope, is some you know phallus of some particular demon. So we could actually, this could be could be educational, or could just two two uh, wanky nerds pretending not to be about comedy because we love it. Well, yeah, Cthulhu's trope. <laughs> Cthulhu's trope. Be, yeah, yeah. H.P. Lovecraft, that isn't it? Yeah, but who's, you know the most popular horrific racist in in um, nerd nerd literature. I, I'm interested. Be interested to see how many like books he sold in comparison with Hitler. Yeah. Because this was science fiction as well, really, wasn't it, Mein Kampf? It's all a bit, it's all, yeah, at least, I, mean, I think maybe Hitler was a bit more upfront with his views. And, uh, and, and was, then, to be fair, he put them into into action. There was less symbolism, you say, in, whereas think, Love, Lovecraft had more sort of artistic license and... Just folded it in what, there, I'm a terrible, terrible person, but because I'm still countercultural, you'll forgive me. Cock novelties, seaside cock novelties. Is this um, is that niche? As in, like, really niche? I think so. I just, I, I, I thought, what are three words that shouldn't go together? And they were the sort of three that I saw. I thought, oh, that sounds quite funny. They do they go do. together. It's, good. it's a good title, isn't it? Seaside I cock think. novelties. It is like some nineteen seventies Saturday night uh, variety entertainment show. Just for BBC employees. Well, when they couldn't get more than why, so they got one of the other Lenny Bennett, double acts of that era, and uh, Fork and Spoon, 
uh, <laughs> open and close. They were good. They were, I mean, uh, they were, they they were out there, weren't they? Yes, spunk and chips. They yeah. were terrible. No one ever. Ew, Belgium's national dish. But yeah, I thought like because I like all that stuff anyway. So I thought it sounded kind of uh, a bit working men's clubby and sort of Blackpool. I've had Blackpool on my mind a lot. I don't know why. Been, yeah, are you drawn a, to it? Are you drawn to? I am. I am. I like it. It's like scuzzy, but it's like a, I like that faded sort of tragic glamour about things. And is that um, what you're interested in as a performer as well? Because you know, you, I know, I don't know you at all. In fact, this is you know, always very weird. No, you don't. To someone. You don't know me. I don't. I don't know you. But I know that <laughs> you know your onions when it comes to comedy, and I know that. You know what? What is it that's pushing you? Which ghosts have got their hands up your your? your I was going to say back side, but that was wrong. Like, who do I like? Yeah, is, kind is of. But who's pushing you forward? Who is it saying? Yeah, that's that's who I want to be. I like a bit of them. What's the what's the spice rack of Liam Pickford? That's a fucking terrible question. <laughs> I don't. I just didn't stop. What is this thing I've did? Why this spice rack? Why did I? I didn't even. I had. I knew I was going to say that, and my brain said, that just "Say like it." Something I would say on stage, just like offhand, and then forget about it. Yeah. So my, I will be contacting my lawyer, <laughs> uh, Doctor Carlos, um, at the earliest given opportunity. I don't know. I'd say probably Eric Markham having an arm with Johnny Vegas. Probably nice. that'd be my ideal. Nice kind of thing. But yeah, uh, I like all that stuff. Um, like Martin Wise in particular, I love and I watch for hours and hours and hours. And uh, Johnny Vegas the same, and Vic and Bob. Just basically anyone sort of good and interesting. I haven't seen you live, and there's loads of your stuff on YouTube. That is because you, you plainly have your, you plainly enjoy just bouncing around what you see in the room. And I'm not talking about, hi, what do you do? Mechanic, oh, you must like mm. spanners. But, you know, you, you plainly enjoy that randomness. Yeah, well, like, when I started, I just didn't write anything. I just go on and make stuff up, which had limited success. But I think, like, I, I like that idea of, uh, I like it to be spontaneous and catching a moment. And then it's an experience that you've, only you and that audience have shared at that one time. And I like that because um, I'm a pervert. But, um, yeah, it's it, I much prefer to do that. I've actually, I've got like, obviously with the hour, I've got nearly an hour's stuff, but it probably, depending on what audiences, it, probably about half of it will get done, if that, and I'll start. Were you there when I'm pretending to be a Russian woman? Uh, no. At the lantern? Yeah, no, uh, oh, no, Russian I woman. did. Yes, uh, yes, yes. When I sat in the window, there'll be a lot of that, so um, if you like that, then... <laughs> So I'm, the, I'm, I'm the prick for you. Seaside cock novelties and Russian women in, in windows. Cars ploughing into the audience. Good night. <laughs> That's what it will be, definitely. <laughs> well, it is one of those... One of those so it's, it's 81 Renshaw Street. It's a fiver. It's a bloody fiver. I didn't want it to be a fiver. What did you want it to be? I'd, I'd rather it was like free or like a bucket or something. I don't. I didn't know it cost five pounds. It's five pounds put people off. Basically, I don't know anything about the money. I don't care about. It's a cliche and that, but I've never really cared about having money. 
Well, Although now I do. What I can so say, I think you are probably not worth more than a fiver, but certainly worth close to the fiver. So don't, worth, you, that is, don't you worry about get it. That. If I could get that as a quote, then that'd be good. <laughs> like, it, or if you, when when there's the inevitable lawsuit from the Inland Revenue, if you could say that yeah. Yeah. in court, then that'd be. Yeah. A, well, I'll just I can also just play back you saying what I, I wasn't expecting to be paid. So, which I think goes in your favour, hopefully. To this I think so. I, I can't because you, you can't just turn up places expecting to be paid. That'd be like having a, a real job. And that's so, not what you're after. No, I have got a real job. Oh, I, I don't want to, you know, I'm a, I'm a barman, which is, is uh, I, I do quite enjoy actually, but not as much as uh, dicking about on stage. So, hopefully, if you pay your fiver, um, that'll go to somewhere. I probably, I don't know if I'll see any of that. I've, so, I've got no idea. I'm hoping for a small cut. Um, of my fiver. Yeah, I'm hoping, and I'm not expecting. You can have the, you can have the bit that you don't think I'm worth. Okay, well, that's a fair. So like what, like so if you think it's worth what four pound seventeen, four pound seventeen. No, I, I was going to go seventy two. I mean, I'm not. A, I'm, you know, I think you're good. So you want you want twenty eight p off every ticket is what you what you trying to say to me? I reckon so. That's uh, five pounds twenty eight. It's not that much, really. I think it's a lot of admin. No. You keep that. You keep that. Are you sure, mate? Because that would be, be very kind of you. No, you keep that. Well, yeah, I, I should have probably thought about the money. I didn't, you know. Um, I don't know if I'd pay £5 to see me. Well, I I'm me going day. to. I'm going to. Thanks, pal. That would be great. I will drag along um, unwitting people who will say, what is this? This is, this is, this is, this is everything rubbish. to me. This, this is, is why I voted David Cameron. It was at this point, once, there was a link recorded by Pete and myself. But I can't find it now. I'm not going to throw Garage Band and this Mac into the bin. I'm just going to sit here and rather than move all the other bits, try and fill the gap. No Pete, I'm afraid. I know. Thank you very much, Liam. Very much enjoyed uh, that conversation with you. Um, you can find all the links on our webpage, but you just Google, as I say, as we say, Liverpool Comedy Festival and the artist that you're interested in, um, and and you'll find them. And for a fiver, genuinely a fiver, I think, for Liam's debut hour in what is a, as as was said in the chat, there a really comedy friendly venue and come along uh beforehand and have a lovely uh, lovely piece of cake with your beer so our second guest is rosie Wilby, and rosie more than eloquently describes the uh the work that she's bringing to the liverpool comedy festival and uh and it's another show where i'm going to be at so why don't we meet up beforehand why don't we meet up and you say gav how are you i listen i say that's nice. Well, it'll be awkward and uncomfortable for a moment or two, then, and then we were like old best of friends, and we could have a piece of cake, eight on Renshaw Street, and a beer and a chat, or a cup of coffee if you're not a drinker. You don't have to be. 
but Rosie does a lot of reflection on herself and herself in the 90s, as I did uh, both before and after talking to Rosie. And may I reiterate, I was an all right person in the early 90s. I forgive myself. Uh, here's Rosie Wilby. Rosie Wilby, it's nice to talk to you. Hi, it's nice to talk to you. So we're, um, we're, we're, we're sharing a venue. I've just talked about um, my, my nonsense piece, but I've done, uh, I'm also going to post a really good chat as, uh, that you did for Made Up website uh, as uh, an introduction. Yes. Uh, so I would not tread on those toes, but um, you're coming to Liverpool on the 18th of September. I am, yes, with my show 90s Woman, which was actually my Edinburgh show last year, and I was touring before that at the beginning of last year. And it's a bit of a tale of growing up and finding your identity. Um, and for me, that was partly through discovering um, a women's newspaper at university in the very early 90s, hence the title 90s Woman. And what I decided to do on finding these newspapers sort of 20-odd years later, I decided to go and track down some of the women who'd been involved and see what they were doing now. Um, and so, you know, look at the changing landscape of, of feminism and sort of our identities as, as women, um, and also just a fun look at, at that sense of finding your identity and growing up, which is a fairly universal thing. Um, you know, I think that's a really interesting time when you do go away to university and, and, you know, you start working out who you are and join different societies and groups and make different networks of friends. And, and that really forms a lot of how you then go about adult life. But of course, you end up maybe becoming a bit less idealistic and a bit more apathetic as real life and, um, you know, practical concerns of earning a living actually come into play. Oh, those... All those horrible things. Do you recognise yourself in this? Because if, you, if you're going to spend some time immersing yourself in that 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 <laughs> early '90s version of you, do you recognise or remember that version of you? Yeah, I mean, of course, there are things that I recognise, and there are things that I think that are really sweet. And of course, there are always things you, you wish you could go back and tell yourself and say, "Oh, that's going to be all right," or "Oh no, you know, I... don't do that. You'll make an idiot of yourself." Um, you know, but um, yeah, you know, and it, it, it's quite funny actually, you know, visually seeing yourself because not only have I unearthed lots of kind of archive photos and stuff, but um, there's some a clip we use of me presenting oh, wow. on York Student Television, um, which we I had I kept a very ancient VHS cassette that felt very, really heavy now. It was like this sort yeah. of really heavy old tape. Um, and um, we converted that, and, and we, I use a clip of that just to, you know, it's quite fun to see moving images of the time just to give that texture and feel of sort of going back, um, you know, back to sort of 1990, you know. Um, and the, the credits that the student TV station had are just, you know, really terrible, as you might imagine. And um, I have this sort of dodgy perm, um, back then, um, we have a we have a story. We have a story about the hairdresser who did the dodgy perm, and uh, yeah, you know, it's quite it's quite very interesting seeing yourself um, a, a very different version of yourself from all those years ago. But of course, there are things that you recognise and that you you think, yes, you know, that that is me, but just me, a lot less far along the journey than I am now. 
do you have those? Because I was talking, I, I was talking to some people last night, saying, "Oh, I'm talking to Rosie Wilby tomorrow. She's doing this piece about the '90s," and that, you know, and and I, I just kind of praised that about um, uh, starting at university, and I ended up just digging out a picture of myself at university, and I had my overwhelming response to myself was was a shudder. <laughs> that was the that was <laughs> oh no, and all those. But it's all of those things you think about because you know, university is was a I had a great time. I mean, we're of a similar age, uh, so I was yeah. I was just to the west of you in in, in Chester, uh, and I just oh, think yeah. what a what a terrible person at times. I think I was all right, but um, that revisiting. Yeah. But, but the nineties, you see, the nineties. I think they're coming back into fashion as well. Well, we do. I mean, we're, we're such a cyclical culture. I mean, I, I was actually, um, I just did a short run in Edinburgh this year because I did Green Man Festival over the weekend. And I was asked to speak at a session um, about the future. And I deliberately wore a really retro blur T-shirt because, of course, they're back now. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, the past becomes the future again so quickly. It's, it's <laughs> You know, it's really interesting. Um and yeah, I think um, I think in a way that I don't know, nineties. It's it's been an interesting one because um, there's a lot that people are very critical of, like you know all the kind of music journos kind of say, oh, we don't want Britpop to come back because you know I guess it, it it would probably be fair comment to say that a lot of the minor Britpop bands were not. <laughs> high quality but oh, you know the, the really, name one name you know, one the, go on well uh, menswear always comes to menswear was the one that i was thinking weak. about <laughs> but also sadly um you know some some of the Britpop bands with women in who i wanted to be great weren't like sort of echo belly and sleeper um you know and, that, and that's a shame really because actually in that whole Britpop movement, I suppose apart from Elastica, there weren't really many cool women. Um, it was very kind of laddie scene. Like you know, yes. the, the really great bands were were men, weren't they? You know, Pulp, Blur, <laughs> Suede, Oasis. They're the bands that got got the focus, weren't they? I mean, there, there was that whole movement underneath it, but they're definitely, you know, the the, the, the tabloid ease of having a, the, the Blur Oasis war was just. I mean, I found at the yeah, time well. it got too got too tedious and. You know the tricks, <laughs> the tricks that the tabloids were playing with us. But uh, yeah, I also think that yes, exactly. When I was fourteen, uh, the the same distance of time was was obviously the sixties. It was you know that was the whole, and and yeah. it, now that it, and that felt like an a, an absolute world away. So it's that an eternity away, an yeah, absolute yeah. eternity. So to talk about people in nineties, but I look at you know young younger people than ourselves. Um, and they do seem to be dressing like the mid to late nineties again. It's an intriguing yeah. uh, the the whole. Yeah. I think I think there's also something quaint about remembering the nineties because it's the most recent era when we were pre-internet and pre-Facebook and social media. Um, you know, we're obviously we were just starting to use the internet a little bit in a very charming way with dreadfully long, laborious websites names and things and addresses um no i mean my first when i had a band my first sort of website address was a, like a really really long free serve one um that nobody <laughs> would remember um <laughs> and so i you know I, I think it's 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 kind of interesting to to think about that because it it really changed the way that we interacted and the way that we 
you know, we had to sort of meet socially and stuff. And I mean, yes, we, we were starting to get mobile phones and we were texting and stuff, but, but only, that was only sort of later 90s, I guess. Um, so, yeah, there's there's a lot that was really charming about about that decade. And also the way I talk about in, um, in the show, in 90s Woman, how I talk about we put this newspaper together with very, very lo-fi and very much sort of literally cutting and paste, not cut and paste as we know it now on a computer, but actually getting a pair of scissors and print stick and, and gluing our articles onto these big, large sheets of graph paper that were then taken away to the printers to be um, be printed up into the into the new issue of the newspaper. Um, so I think there was a lot that was, you know, was really kind of charming and, and felt quite real and grassrootsy. So uh, is, is it com? Is that what? the best contact for you let me just find that yes that's my okay. website that people can uh, stalk me on yeah <laughs> so if you go to if you go to rosiewilby.com you, you you seem extraordinarily prolific i think it seems to be that you could you, you've got a number of shows uh both uh, in your repertoire is that the case yeah i mean I've, i suppose i've got a number of strands what i do performance wise uh, as well as just sort of purely doing stand-up comedy um i mean because 90s woman i would i would say is much more of a a show that crosses over into that sort of hinterland between comedy and theater i mean it it, yeah. it it's still very funny and audiences have really found themselves laughing at it um but it sort of could kind of sit in either section of the program and when i was touring it there was a split some venues did list it as theater some listed it as comedy and it's, it's kind of like that ilk of show um, that I really love, you know, that sort of someone like Daniel Kitson does really well, or actually Sarah Kendall's show in Edinburgh this year had a really, really strong narrative arc, and it's one of the shows, I think the only show by a woman that has been shortlisted for the main prize. Yes. Um, yeah. And I loved it, actually. So um, I, I really like those types of shows. If you're going to watch someone for an hour or, or just under an hour, 50 minutes or so, I would rather see a story than... Even some of my favourite comics just doing a series of, of fairly unconnected jokes, I would probably find not as not as engaging. I find that sometimes so I like those it, shows. quite exhausting. Yeah. An hour of, of jokes. <laughs> yeah. It is very tiring. Yeah. Um, but so yeah. I'm I'm with you. I like something that has that. I think the word of the moment is the arc to it. But what are, what are the areas the that arc. you explore regularly in the work that you do? Um, well, I mean. Obviously, I've got different strands to what I do as far as um, my my solo shows. You know, some of them might be more stand-up comedy-focused, like The Science of Sex, which I revived and did in Edinburgh for a week this year and still occasionally get asked to tour and actually performed in New York uh, two years ago. Um, and that, that one then spun off into another show all about monogamy called Is Monogamy Dead?, which then had, took on a life of its own and spun off into a lot more serious and kind of philosophical deep thought, really, about relationships and friendship and a lot more serious articles for the likes of New Statesman and Independent and Sunday Times and so on and a TEDx talk and Radio 4, 4 Thought piece. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, and I do do radio and broadcasting as well. I present a show on Resonance, which is super fun. Um and, and writing, I'm, I'm hoping 
now to write a book. Um, I've got an agent who is interested in me writing a book around that monogamy stuff and, and everything that I started thinking about in relation to relationships and friendships and so on and how we interact with one another. And yes, it would sort of be a combination of some of the fun stuff, but some of the more serious as well. And I think that that does straddle, you know, there's, there's kind of this awkward um, bridging of, of two sides of me in a way, in the sense that before I was a comedian, I used to be a musician. I really enjoy exploring deeper emotions, you know, and, and, and difficult, painful things, as you sometimes do in, in songs. Um, and so sort of balancing that out with, Besides me that enjoys comedy and making people laugh, I think is perhaps why some of my shows have taken on a theatrical uh, stance because you can, you know, you can kind of subtly make points about about life and the world um, if you allow yourself that room of saying, well, this isn't an out and out stand up show. There are lots of funny moments, but actually there are some little moments to make you think as well and maybe make you reminisce or be nostalgic or think about your younger self or think about how we all grow up or how we have relationships or how we interact. Um, you know, or at least that's the aim anyway. <laughs> um, you know, that's what I like to try and do. Um, so, so yeah, you know, I, I believe in sort of variety being the spice of life. And I suppose what you'd say is I have a little bit of a, of a portfolio career, um, where, where I, you know, I enjoy putting my radio broadcasting hat on, on my writing hat, and writing, you know, stuff for the book and articles, and then obviously love performing, in in lots of different elements. Back from when I was a musician to now doing comedy, and and slightly more, slightly more theatrical shows, or doing things like a TEDx talk, which you now I deliberately made fun, because um, I think it's quite a good way of engaging people with provocative questions to use humor and we'll put a link to that as well and to to all of your contact points and so, so my last question to you which is um yes. is that is then that early 90s version of you who, who was a, a you were an engineering student <laughs> i know i was yes could which could is, she uh... have imagined this portfolio performance writing career version of you um i yeah, I think I think even back then I knew very clearly that um, I didn't want to go and sort of pursue a career in electronic engineering. I sort of felt that was something I'd been encouraged, or, or at least I'd been encouraged to study a kind of science area because I, I was good at maths and physics. At school, and obviously, girls in, in that era who were good at maths and physics, and probably still the case, you know, if you're good in that, you are encouraged because there are so few girls doing science. Um, and I do think science can be creative, but unfortunately, it's not always taught in that way in schools. And so, for me, it didn't, even though I was good at it, um, I was also good at art and, and creative subjects, and they were more my calling in a personal sense. Um, so I think I always knew that I would do something different. I, I would probably feel that, in a way, things have turned out exactly as I I wanted them to. But in a way, I wish I could have allowed myself to sort of stand up to teachers and people who said, oh, you know, you're a bright girl, you mustn't go to art college or whatever. You know, I wish I kind of had, right from the outset, gone with a creative path. Um but, you know, at, at least I, I allowed myself to do that from relatively young once I'd got my degree and started 
working in London, I, you know, I, I allowed myself to do creative things and gave myself permission. I think that's it, isn't it? Is if if you you get strong messages at school that you're supposed to follow a certain path mm. and to rebel against that, you could have to allow yourself. I think that's um, why I'm pushing my kids towards the arts. I'm I'm hoping that they do rebel into uh, things with with you know. Engineering and careers, and I say I've got a plumber well, in today. Well, yeah, I mean, flip side of that is, uh, you know, I'm I might well be earning a lot more money as an engineer because um, I was bright and I, I was good at it, particularly kind of the communications technology and that side of it. But you know, if it doesn't, if it's not where your heart is and you're not going to be happy, then <laughs> you know, um, then that's that. You know, I, I'm not sure. I think a certain amount of money you need to have happiness but i don't think you know you see people who've got stacks of money who still aren't necessarily happy or feeling that they've got the relationships or the people around them that they want thank you very much we're looking forward to that as well so really really interested to uh to come and see this the show that you bring in that's we're, we're going to put a link in it's the 18th of september at nine o'clock at 81 yeah. Rachel street as we yeah. said 90s uh woman and which particular 90s band t-shirt will you be wearing to this gig <laughs> well i sometimes well i sometimes wear a sort of feminist t-shirt for this show but we'll, we'll see we'll see the the, the blur t-shirt could get an outing well, i don't know but sometimes i've played a bit of played a bit of pulp um at the end of my shows as well sometimes but but actually at this show because it's more early 90s i've often played a bit of tori amos pre of her first album pre-show because that was very much of that early 90s time very much very much so thank you so much rosie thank you for your time i really appreciate that cheers now i'm, I'm very much looking forward to the show but i was a bit intimidated because rosie does proper radio not this podcast what? in Lark. Telling me Spreak is not proper radio. <laughs> but no, I really enjoyed that conversation and it, it was good. It, it, you know, and it did, it did uh, throw me back to that time and how politically inactive I think I was at that time and how self-indulgent. I, I still am, aren't I? You are very self-indulgent, yes, Gav. <laughs> I learned nothing from the 90s version. Of myself too busy um, watching friends no i'm drinking no hooch. i was not watching friends and i did not drink hooch i was out on a friday night or watching spaced so again you can search venues and i and there's so much good stuff on really is it's going to be it is a cliche but there is something for everyone make the effort come across to liverpool see a show because i want a brilliant comedy festival on my doorstep that grows and grows and grows because basically I want the comedians I want to see to come to me I want to get on be able to get on the 86 bus and just step off to see the quality of comic that we talk to and love is that too much to ask for Pete it's not Gav no so your your orders this week listeners are uh check out the Liverpool Comedy Festival website Buy some tickets. For Funny Looking Live. Don't even bother to come. I'm fine with that. Specifically come to Funny Looking Live. Leave a nice review. Tell some friends about it. Bye. But 
let's, let's cut to the chase. Nothing there costs any money other than buying tickets, obviously. But just having a look at what's on, it's just down the road from a lot of you. I know. I spend a fiver on a beer, mate. I'm that sort of wanker. <laughs> like, have one less beer. So you might have come here for the Pickford. You might have come here for the Wilby. You've probably come for the Cross. And certainly, you're going to come and you're going to stay for the Jones. Your subscriptions really help us. If you do enjoy this, just let us know. Be nice. You know, we, we, we don't want to be this metaphysical physical yawn into the darkness, do we, Pete? Mm. <laughs> no, no, we don't, Gav. <laughs> so thank you very much. And the very last thing, if you want, uh, 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 you can buy a badge. It's only a pound plus a pound postage because it is large. You can't get that badge on an envelope through that, that large envelope. That two pound donation, I will send you a badge anywhere in the world. And that helps us. That supports. I've got to justify why I'm spending my money on this bandwidth, Pete. <laughs> and the amount of rum you've drank for this record. <laughs> it's very, very. It was on offer in uh, Tesco. Uh, so we will be back next week. And we've got some really, really interesting people just lined up to chat to. And if you are a performer in the Liverpool Comedy Festival, do get in touch. Or you could ring. You've got a pen. Get a pen. If you're a performer, uh, ring this number. Okay, you got a pen? Have you got a pen, Pete? I assumed you weren't talking to me, though, so no, I'm it's not metaphor- moved. No, it's metaphorical. Sure, sure, sure. So if you are a yes, it makes a noise on your mic. Yeah. Yeah, you've told me off for that in the past. So. 0151 528 3575. Let it ring. Leave a message about your show and a little bit about it. And uh, we'll put it in a podcast. No one's going to do that, are they, Pete? <sighs> Might do. <laughs> <laughs> the option's there, isn't it? The option is there. You can only do so much, Gav. You know, you can lead comedian to uh, answer phone but you can't make them advertise their show for free to a load of comedy fans who'd probably come and see them if they bothered to do it popular saying it's a way of looking at it thank you very much see you on the website see you on twitter say hello stop me on the street let's have let's just hold hands it's not creepy it's just it's just about making connections it's not creepy there's not enough strangers touching each other appropriately these days for my liking That was creepy. Yeah, I've done worse.